Welcome to the Radiant Podcast. I'm your host, Kelsey Chapman, and if there's one thing I believe, it's that you're capable of making your dreams a reality and that the world needs you to be living out your purpose. One thing I love is to chat with people doing impactful work in hopes that we can all learn something from the conversation. Not to mention, we get to apply all of that wisdom to our own journey. Each week, you will hear just that here at the Radiant Podcast. So without further ado, let's get to it. Welcome back to the Radiant Podcast, and today we have one of my biz besties, Kate Crocco, joining us. Now, you may have met Kate here on the podcast a few times because she's the only guest that's been here three times, and today I had to bring her on because she is about to launch her book into the world, Thinking Like a Boss, and you need to pre-order a copy. Guys, Kate has helped me get my mind right countless times. She has worked with me on so many mindset roadblocks, and I would not be the same person without her. She has an upcoming book, Thinking Like a Boss, and I'm so excited for her message to get into your hands. So today, we're going to chat about the heart behind the book, the message behind the book, and I can't wait for you to hear. So let's get to it. Hey, Kay. Hi, Kelsey. How are you? Oh, you know how I am because we talk all the time, but I (laughs) am so excited to have you on. I think I reference you in every single podcast episode, so I feel like the Radiant listeners are going to know you just as much as me, but guys, we have Kate Crocco on today. Kate has been on the podcast two times before, and you are our most common guest here on the Radiant Podcast. I'm so excited to have you back on. I feel so honored. Thank you, Kelsey. Oh, it is so fun to have you on, and we are leading up to your book launch. As this episode goes live, it'll have like a week to two before your book comes out, and I would love for you to dive in by telling us about Thinking Like Boss and what you've been up to in this last season as you have been releasing this message into the world. Yeah, so Thinking Like a Boss, Uncover and Overcome the Lies Holding You Back from Success. This is my first book I'm releasing into the world, and I dive into the top 12 lies or limiting beliefs that female business owners tell themselves. And I do like to say that this book is Yes, it's geared towards women because those are the people that I serve, but there are men that are reading it and there are also people that are reading it that don't own businesses. So this book can really be applied to anyone um, because we cover things like boundaries and speaking up for yourself and being assertive and learning to figure out those deep desires that you have in your heart. Um, so yeah, this journey, I am just so grateful for you, Kelsey, cause I could not have done this without you having you there as my best friend. You've just, you've been so helpful with not only the friendship stuff, but just the business. Like we've, we've done so much planning together with you writing your book and just bouncing ideas back and forth off of each other. Um, it's just, it's been so much fun. It has. I, I mean, I'm going to pop in there because I think it's been such a blast to get to, to do this together. You are a few steps ahead of me about six months ahead in the process. And it has been like 
one of the most fun things to write a book alongside one of your best friends and to kind of go through the highs and lows together, you know, right before we even recorded this, I had like five questions of like, you know, does it always feel this bad? You know, um, am I going to feel better? I don't know that this content can get better. And I just needed a little reminder of light at the end of the tunnel and I needed a little mindset check. And so it's been so fun to do this together. Um, and it's been fun to watch your message kind of unfold and see you having to lean into your own principles over the last two years. I would love for you to share you know, how this message of thinking like a boss came into being for you and how you've kind of had to live it out before it kind of came into a book form. Mm. I would be so interested to go back and to listen to those old episodes that we recorded together because I think the last one that we did was like right when I was first starting to write this book really how it came about, you know, I'd always had a book on my heart. I always wanted to write something and share my heart and share my story. And I had my first daughter, Annabelle back in fall of 20, I'm sorry, spring of 2017 and really, really struggled. I had been in business for several years and been very, very successful in my business. And did not realize how much a baby could really shake up life and shake up business and make it a little bit more challenging. And I felt very lonely in the process because I didn't have many friends who had kids or had friends who had kids and had businesses. So I just felt very alone. And um, I decided during that time, you know, I have all these thoughts, I have these fears, these lies I'm telling myself, maybe I should just start writing. And I was pretty much stuck in the nursing chair 24 seven, um, with a newborn. So I decided to download Google docs on my phone and just started writing a little book outline. And I, I can still like see myself sitting in that chair and, during that time, I was writing pretty much just the story of motherhood for me, like my feelings, what I was experiencing and thinking at that time, like I am not qualified to share on any of this, but someday I will be. And someday I know that this hardship I'm going through right now and what I'm writing about will be something that can help someone else. Probably about a month later, I had an opportunity to join um, this group coaching program where we would all be going through writing our book proposals together. Um, and I decided to take that leap. And I'll just tell you, it was really, really bad timing. I didn't have time to write a book. And what I will say is you will never have time to write a book. There is never a perfect time. <laughs> And that's why today is always the best time to get started, because I really think that as you go on in life, like time gets even more scarce in many ways um, and not in a bad way, but your life just becomes more full with different commitments and friendships. And you just have to learn to, to um, really only take on the things that are really aligned for you and keep the people in your life who really uplift you. And it's a time 
to really start to evaluate and cut out like what's no longer serving you. So again, it wasn't perfect timing at all, but I decided why not just get started? I think, um, so many of us sit there in feeling paralyzed. Like I have to have everything be a certain way before I can get started. I need, um, to have like a certain amount in my bank account or, I need my schedule to look a certain way or, you know, I think we put so many and I hate to say this word, but this is really what it is. Excuses in the way because we're really just afraid. And I think often we're not even afraid of failing, but we're afraid of succeeding. Like if my life is so full right now and I feel like I can barely take care of myself, take care of a newborn, handle friendships, like, how would I ever be able to handle success? And I think that so many of us ask ourselves that question and really become paralyzed and don't even try to move forward because we're afraid that there's no way we could handle it. Oh yeah. Well, that is one of your last chapters and one of your um, big ones to overcome. For, For me personally, that was one of the ones that spoke to me. I would love for you to kind of shed some light on, you know, you've got 12 limiting beliefs in the book and you kind of walk each reader through these limiting beliefs. And like you and I have talked about often these limiting beliefs, like we conquer them and then they come up in a different expression (laughs) down the road. Um, But one of them is fear of success. Can you kind of expand upon that and what that can look like for someone when they're on their thinking like a boss journey? Yeah, 100%. So I left that chapter. It's funny because I wrote I wrote 11 chapters and I was like, I don't know what to talk about for the 12th chapter. I can't figure it out. There's so many other lies I could talk about, but I really want something that just encompasses all of them in a, a little bit. And then I realized, oh yeah, the fear of success. So many of us, like we conquer all of the 11 lies, like feeling like there's not enough time or feeling like we're not qualified or we're not ready or we don't have the support to move forward. And we conquer all of those and we realize, okay, I'm ready. And then we get stuck because we start telling ourselves, if I succeed, how can I handle it all? And I think there's different, um, like it stems in different ways. So for some women, and I've this is, I think is sort of fascinating. I've um, seen many clients who have struggled with this, but fearing success because looking at like how this will shake up their relationship with their spouse or significant other. And I talk about this in a book because I think that in many ways, you know, in traditional type roles, we're used to, um, especially, you know, like as myself as a mother now, you know, the, the spouse making the money and being the breadwinner and the mother or the the wife being the one who sort of, um, you know, takes on the responsibilities of the kids and the household stuff. What will that look like if I decide that I'm going to go out and pursue my dreams and actually start making a lot of money? And what happens if I actually out earn my spouse? You know, will they be supportive? And I would hope that for you know, everyone listening that they have a super supportive spouse and this would not be an issue for them. But unfortunately, I've seen it become an issue for many clients where 
you know, it can be a little bit, um, almost like a trigger for their spouse. Um, and they wonder, you know, oh, if, if she's financially stable, will she still want to be here? Or will she still see value in me as, um, her spouse? So I think that that's just really interesting. Um, and thankfully it's not something that I've had to overcome myself. Um, but I think for so many women, they really keep themselves small because they're afraid of, you know, shaking up their relationship. I definitely see that time and time again with, with friends and this is not even my job. And so is that how you develop many of these kind of limiting beliefs, these 12 chapters, because they're patterns you've picked up in the work you do? Yes, 100%. So as a therapist and as a confidence and mindset coach, all of these lies are things that clients have experienced. And all of the lies in the book are things that I've gone through as well and things that I continue to go through. Can you expand on that too. You and I were talking and we touched on it for a second here of often you kind of conquer one of these limiting beliefs, you know, like often we have a few that are going to stick out to us like, Oh yeah, that's mine. You know, the one of not feeling supported or, you know, another one of mine is like, I don't know if I'm qualified. Like every time I've pivoted, I felt that one, you know, but, and, and I hear that as a big one for people I tend to, you know, interact with, but it seems like you think you've conquered it and then like you have an opportunity to conquer it again in a new expression, like kind of the new levels, new devils uh, mm -hmm. phrase. Can you kind of expand on that and, and why that happens? You know, like we think we, we think we conquered it and then here we are fighting the same battle against the same limiting belief again. Yeah. So I, I love the term new level, new devil. Cause I 100% agree with it. And I think it's so accurate and, I think it's a good reminder for us that, you know, if you are experiencing these lies again, to not take it as you're failing or you haven't worked on it or you didn't learn the lesson that you needed, but just to take it as you're growing. Because if you are sitting still and just living a complacent life, you know, I, I think that you might not struggle with these all the time. And I think that you know, the more that you move forward and you grow and you take on new challenges and you say yes to new opportunities, these lies will come up. And personally, you know, ever since, you know, I first started writing this book two years ago and I've cycled through all of these lies probably, you know, multiple times since the writing of this book. Um, and each time, it has gotten so much easier to overcome them because I'm armed and ready to take on these challenges with skills that I've learned. And, um, I sort of welcome them because I know again, okay, if I'm going to experience this fear, it means that I'm growing. It means that I'm not sitting still. It means that I'm not just waiting for things to happen. I'm being proactive and I'm moving forward. So even now, um, or I should say, you know, when I, before writing this book, you know, I always wanted again to be a writer, to write a book, but what held me back, like going back to that fear of success, I was afraid, okay, if I write a book, I can barely handle life right now. So how 
will I handle life when I'm working on edits, when I have, you know, different deadlines or when I'm in the middle of launching a book. And even now there are times where I still struggle with that. Like now, you know, I've written the book, I'm in the midst of launching the book, but okay, if the book gets to a certain place, like how am I going to handle all of that? Right. Cause I feel like right now it's, it's tricky to handle what I have and what's in my hands. But I know that with success, there are new resources, there are new ways to make it work for you. And I think just remembering that. Oh yeah. I mean, for me, I've found kind of like you every season that I kind of push past a limiting belief and kind of have that like peaceful in between. And then I kind of step into the next season and have to kind of combat that line a different way. I feel more prepared and more equipped. And then I have the history to say like, oh, I've overcome this before. Sometimes the first few times I don't remember the history. But even for me, like this last year of like, oh my gosh, like I have to totally pivot and I don't have support. I'm scared. You know, that was a big reminder that I actually do have support. You know, I, my business disappeared overnight. So all our income went away with David in college. I've kind of recapped that here on the podcast a few times. So just for those of you listening who don't know, but I got my book advanced six days before and David got a job way better than we could have imagined within three months. And if that wouldn't have happened, he wouldn't have applied for the job at the time they were hiring. And so that was an opportunity to see, I'll have everything I need, even when it's scary. Mm, I love that mantra of just believing you, you are taken care of. There is always enough to go around. For me, it's been a big year. I think that's happened. You know, this year has caused me to reflect back of times I've had to pivot. And I had forgotten that, every time I've pivoted has been really scary. One was getting let go from my job as I'm moving across the country. That was really scary. I felt totally unsupported and like we wouldn't have enough to be okay. Figured it out within a month, got a better opportunity than I could have imagined. The second time was um, getting kicked off of Upwork because I took a PayPal payment. And so all of a sudden, I didn't even know about that. Oh my gosh, that is how I launched my Instagram agency because I took all of my clients through Upwork, which is a platform for those of you who don't know who yeah. connects freelancers to jobs, and I became their top rate of freelancer. And so the cash flow was rolling in. I was just getting leads left and right. I didn't even have to hunt, hunt for clients. Like they would come to me there. And then on one fateful day, I took a PayPal payment, which is a big no no there. They, they they come through the messages for the word PayPal because if you go off the platform, they'll kick you off. They want their cut. I went off the platform thinking it'd be fine. And I got kicked off. Was utterly terrified. Like, oh my gosh, I've left my job. This is all of my client leads. I'm not going to be okay. And sure enough, my business doubled within a few months and the lead still came to my email inbox without Upwork getting a 20% cut. And so you know, every time has been very scary for me. I thought, oh no, I've dropped the ball. Um, It's over. It's not going to be okay. But it's been an upgrade into the next season. And so 
um, after I really lived that for a third time, how fun, this year, it was a reminder that every single time has been deeply uncomfortable, but every single time I've been taken care of. Mm, I love that. I love that you are able to like look in the past and check the evidence. And that's something I always talk about. And I talk about in the book a little bit too, is, you know, when you're faced with something that feels scary, I think, especially financially, looking at the past and reminding yourself how you got through it. And I actually have this little journaling exercise. If you would want me to share it, I can Please share do. You. Any tools that we can can use to reflect on. Um, of course, listeners, you got to snag your copy because that's like the best tool. Kate has like totally up-leveled my mindset. But please share with us this journaling exercise because you know your girl loves to journal. Yes. <laughs> so... I keep a gratitude journal and I've done this now for about five years and it's a little bit different. So it's not what you think it's going to be when you are feeling like you are in a scarcity type of mindset, fearing maybe the future, fearing not being able to pay the bills or being in a place like that where you're like, my life feels like it's over. I've um, been let go or I now have to build my business because and not have these um, steady flow of referrals. Take some time, grab a journal, and just write about it. Write about the fears. Write about how crappy you're feeling, how scary it all feels, and just do a brain dump. And then, so the first time you do this, you're it's going to be a little bit different. You're going to have to then just take a moment and think about the ways that you have been provided for in the past and think back, check the evidence. Like when was a past situation where you felt maybe similar? Like, how am I going to get through this? How am I going to put food on the table? And remember, I got through it and keep that memory in your mind. And then Every time you start to feel that way again, when the scarcity comes up, grab your journal and write about it again. So this is sort of a pro like it takes a while to get your journal going. I'll tell you, it is a little bit of a process. Write about it again. And then what you're going to do is you're going to have this past evidence because you've done it before. And you're going to flip back at that first journal entry and you're going to read and it's there, like this is exactly what's going on. Because again, you're talking, when you're writing in the journal, you're writing about how hard thing it, things are, like how you're really feeling, like that rock bottom kind of thoughts that you're having. And then you remember, wow, okay, again, today, here I am, and I've gotten through it. So then what I say you do is you start to write about actually what you're grateful for. Like this is where the gratitude comes in. And on that same page where you had just done a brain dump about how scared you are, how life sucks, you are now writing about, wow, on this past date, this is what happened. And look how things came through for me. Look how I actually was provided for. And, you know, again, I've had my journal now for five years. And what's really fun for me is to actually try to go back and look at where I was like maybe around that same time. So let's just say it's um, February. I'll flip back to February two years ago. 
and see what I was writing about, what my fears were, and really have that deep reflection of, oh my gosh, like the things that I was scared about, the things I was praying for back then, they, those are the things today that are just my new normals. Like these are things that are just easy for me every day now. And just be reminded that that's what life is going to be like in the future. Like those things you're on your hands and knees praying for today. Those are things that could possibly just be your new normals in the future. Oh, that is so good. That is so, so good, Kate, because that's actually been true for me. Like things that I, I was yearning for, writing down, believing for, became my new normal. I remember doing a future writing exercise a few years yes. ago and saying, this is what I hope this would be good, better and best of what my next six months looks like. And six months later, I looked up and just happened to catch that document. I hadn't like actively kept up with it on my computer desktop and just looked at it and was like, Oh my gosh, I'm hovering between better and best. It's kind of just wow. setting those expectations. I'm believing for something to change and bigger opportunity than what, you know, you're currently existing in. I, I know for me to like position my heart with hope and with gratitude, that's really paid off in my journey. So I, I love this exercise and it'll be really cool to reference back to. I know that like I have days where I like set aside and I'm like, I've got to like get all my journals out, go through and yeah. just kind of see like, what was I talking about, thinking about, believing for? It's really powerful. You're listening to the Converge Podcast Network, and now a message from a network supporter. This podcast is sponsored by Denison Ministries. Denison Ministries is a movement creating 7 million culture-changing Christians who are committed to carrying out the truths of the gospel to their sphere of influence through a variety of ways, which is why Denison Ministries is excited about sponsoring what God's up to here at the Radiant Podcast. One of the cool ways Denison Ministries helps Christians feel closer to God is through their Part in the Mess podcast, made for those navigating the messiness of parenting. Part of the Mess seeks to equip parents with trusted biblical guidance, helping them to raise their children with strength and joy in a changing and often challenging culture. With guests like Bob Goff, Jamie Ivey, and Priscilla Shire, this podcast is for just about everyone. You can sign up for weekly Part of the Mess podcast blogs and subscribe to Part of the Mess podcast episodes at partofthemess.org. I actually, I'm very curious if I have my journal, can I take a peek right now? Yeah, please do. Recording? I think this would be really fun just to see. All right. So it is, we are at the end of January right now. I'm looking at an old journal entry and this was from 2016. So this was four years ago. Oh my goodness. And I said, all right, this is, I'm not sure what all of this says. So this is a little vulnerable, just like reading it, <laughs> but he, meaning God continues to provide after my call with my coach, I was ready to quit. I couldn't get clear on my programs that I wanted to offer. I felt that my mind was so jumbled and I just couldn't think or get my words out. I told Andrew, my husband, that I wanted to quit this business. Um, I've been saying that I plan to grow my coaching practice and close my therapy practice this summer. Andrew has been encouraging me to not let my license go, but to keep up with it. 
And I was angry because I thought that he thought that I needed a backup plan. And, oh, wow. So I go into all of this. This is so crazy because I'm looking back and I was in a place back then where I told myself this was four years ago. I was in my therapy practice and also in my coaching business. And I had this idea that if I couldn't out earn my therapy practice with my coaching practice, that I was not successful. And in order for me to be successful, I would need to be able to only have coaching clients, which is so, again, like now this is four years ago and I'm like, this is so silly. And in order for me to really put that out there and step into that role that I would, I should be okay with letting go of my license. So as a therapist, every three years you have to get relicensed. I decided So long story long, I ended up, my coaching practice flourished. And at this time here, I didn't even know because we weren't even pregnant with Annabelle yet. So coaching business flourished and I was provided for, I actually was forced to close my therapy practice because the business had blown up so much. But in this time here, it had felt like forever. It felt like what I thought success was, was going to take years. And guys, looking back at this, it was like two months later that I was in the place that I really wanted to be. And today, looking back, those are just normals of today. And no longer, you know, back then, like that felt like everything to me. And today it's just a normal. Wow. And Kate, what I also hear is if you would have let that credential expire, like that has been such an important part of your brand for your book as well, because you're not just, you know, teaching people to think like a boss without the qualifications and you'd still have the education in the background to say it, but you get to say like, What's the, what's the letters? M-S-C-W or M-S? Yeah. M-S-W-L-C-S-W. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, that's on the front of your book. Like you are saying like, this is, this is how to think like a boss coming from a licensed clinical therapist or, you know, again, whatever the right phrases are. And so I love that one thing that felt like I I have definitely had these seasons of like, I just want to let go of that. I want to dig my heels in the sand and ditch that part of my identity and brand, but it's actually something that served you so well in the future. Thank you for that reflection. You're so right. And I, I felt like I, would not be successful in my coaching business if I had held on to that. And it was so complete opposite. And yeah, thank God for the wisdom, right? That I was able to recognize that. And I think it was just more of like an ego thing that this is actually something that's serving me and I'm going to keep it. Oh, well, that is, that's like a perfect, a perfect example because A, I think it encourages the reader like that here you are or in the listener, here you are three years later, four years later, really like, wow, I'm 
obviously my coaching is far out earning my therapy practice. I'm living what I hoped for, but also I kept part of this identity I so desperately wanted to get rid of and it's actually serving me very well. And Mm -hmm. so, um, man, it has been so fun to chat about this book with you. This book has been a long time in the making. You had to live it before you wrote it. And thank you for living it so we can learn from it because I think, all of these 12 limiting beliefs you cover in the book, um, which could you go over those real quick before we go? I think all of them are something we're all going to struggle with at some point or another in our own journey. So would you, would you mind to cover those real quick? Because I want the listeners to know what they're going to find in thinking like a boss when they go pre-order it right now. (laughs) Yeah. So, okay. Let me think back. So number one, I'm going to try to get these in order. Number one is thinking that you need to have it all together. Number two is feeling like you're not ready. Number three, feeling like you're not qualified enough. Four, feeling like you don't have enough money to be successful or that you'll never have enough money to be in a place of abundance. Five, the fear of um, making money that you will appear greedy or you will become greedy. Number six is the fear of, um, sort of like the fear of missing out, like feeling like you have to say yes to everything or else X, Y, and Z will happen. Um, Seven is that you can't have a successful business and be a mom. And I just wanna preface this with, this this is not just for people with babies. Um, this is for all women, because I truly believe that all women are nurturers and mothers in different ways, whether it's with your fur babies or helping a relative or, um, helping a sibling with their children, or even the clients and the people that you serve in your community. Like you are a mother. That is so true. And I'm not a mom and have found this book completely relevant. Thank you. And eight is feeling like you need your friends and family to understand and to be on board in order to move forward and be successful. Um, The ninth one is the fear of not having enough time, which we talked about a little bit. Ten, feeling like it's already been done before and there's not enough room for you at the table. Um, Eleven, the lie, and this was something that was really stuck in my identity, was that I am my business and without my business, I am not worthy. Uh, That's that's a big one for me. (laughs) Yeah. Like that, my business is my identity. I need to go back and reread that. I've read this and I need to reread that one. Yeah. So real quick, because I know we're about to wrap up, but for someone who is experiencing that one today, what I would like to say and ask you is who would you be? Like, who are you if your business was stripped away from you today? And for many people, and this is no judgment at all because I was there too, I would not have been able to answer that in the past. So I think if if you're in a place where you can't answer that, it's definitely something that you should um, start to think about a little bit. Like, who would you be if your business was stripped away? Because I think we hold our value and our worth, sometimes we tie it to our business and to money so deeply. And um, it's just not a healthy place to be in because anything could happen and your business could be stripped away. Oh, yeah. 
coming from someone who's lived it, I mean, it is hard identity work to live, but it also is like, you know, one thing I was talking about to someone and again, I know we have to wrap up, but one thing I was talking about recently with someone was, I'm so glad I learned that lesson. I hope that I can listen to the nudges before stuff, before the bandaid gets ripped off in the future, Mm -hmm. because I had nudges that I needed to lay parts of my business down. It was all consuming. It was time to shift. Like this is not healthy. Um, but I was just hanging on to it because it was great money. Um, and then it's like, okay, we're just going to rip this Band-Aid off and do the identity work for you and, like, kind of force you into that work. Um, and I think it was time, and I survived it. But next time I would love to learn, like, not the hard way <laughs> and listen to the nudges along the way of, like, I think I need to shift, like, my way of being here. Um, I'm so thankful that I've done that identity work now. I've lived that really out for a year. And on days where it's really slow, I'm like, I'm like, do I have purpose? I'm bored. What am I doing with my life? But it's good work to do and to face because I don't, I don't want to be defined by my career. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, whether you're your, your own boss and you have your own business or you work for a company, I think that, you know, it, it's just career in general. So many people are tied to their career. Oh Yeah. Oh man. Okay. And last one is fear of success, right? Yeah. Fear of success. (laughs) I can't, I'm not capable of handling it all. Well, Kate, it has been such a joy to have you on today. This will release during the pre-order phase, but if you are listening when the book is out in the world, go grab your copy. Kate, where can everyone find you and find thinking like a boss? Yeah, so my favorite place to hang out is Instagram, specifically Instagram stories at Kate Crocco. Uh, you can find me over at my podcast, Thinking Like a Boss, which Kelsey right now is my co-host. Woo! Yeah, we're having so much fun with that. Y'all gotta go listen. Yeah, yeah. And then um, the book you can find at any major bookstore. But I will say, if you have a nice local bookstore. Um, that you can go and support, always support the local bookstores. But if you would like to get those pre-order bonuses, go head over to Amazon or Barnes and Noble or any of the other ones. Well, Kate, thank you for joining us today. You know, you'll be back on here. So until next time. Thank you. Hey, don't go yet. I would love it if you go over to iTunes right now and leave a review. I love hearing your feedback and it really makes a difference in getting the Radiant Podcast name out there. And while you're at it, why don't you subscribe and then share this episode on Facebook or Instagram or wherever your social media platform is of choice. Lastly, I'd love to keep up with each other. Come find me on Instagram at Kels Chapman and let's get to know each other. This show is part of the Converge Podcast Network. Duncan is here to keep you running with a much needed taste of normal to work, home or work from home with the coffee you like just the way you like it. Whether that's a small hot black coffee, your daily 2 p.m. latte, or a bacon, egg, and cheese croissant and a medium iced coffee with oat milk, one sugar, two pumps of caramel, one pump hazelnut, a swirl of French vanilla, and a shot of espresso. I call it my p.m. pep rally. You should really try it. Whatever it is that gets you running, Dunkin's got you and always will. America runs on Dunkin'. We've all seen the skier responsibility code. This year, Vermont added a few more to keep things safe on and off the mountain. Before visiting, follow travel guidelines and quarantine at home for seven days with a negative COVID-19 test. While here, wear masks, distance, 
avoid crowded places. It's the same Vermont experience, just with more responsibility. Visit vermontvacation.com for up-to-date travel guidelines. Plan ahead. Follow the code. Save the season. 